Hello everyone, this is Courtney Drake McDonough. I'm the publisher and managing editor of realfoodtraveler.com. We're a digital culinary travel magazine and we welcome you back to another Real Food podcast. Today we have the great pleasure of talking to Jessica McCready, who is the executive director of the Camino Island Chamber of Commerce. And the Whidbey Camino Islands, full disclosure, they're a wonderful, loyal advertiser of Real Food Travelers that goes back even before I purchased the site two years ago. But I haven't had a chance to go there yet. I hope to next year when things calm down. So the questions I'm going to be asking Jessica are as much for my information as well as for all of you listening and, and all of our readers. So Jessica, thank you, first of all, for being with us today. And, and we're right in the middle of COVID-19 as we record this. And so it's a weird time for travel. But I do firmly believe that you know we will all be able to travel again, various methods. I want to keep us dreaming and I want to keep us all thinking about travel and the wonderful destinations around the world and around the U.S. and Camino Island being one of them. So thank you for being here today and talking to us. Thank you for having me. So just so we're sure, because when people read this, it's C-A-M-A-N-O, but it is pronounced Kameno with a long A. So I want to make sure everybody knows that. Can you tell me a little bit about what the Kameno Island Chamber is responsible for and how our readers and listeners might be able to utilize your services? Absolutely. Um, The Camino Island Chamber basically has two different roles. One is to support our business community, and the other one is to promote tourism and promote the area as a whole. So as a visitor, we are actually working on an enhanced website as we speak. And so they can go to CaminoIsland.org, and there is actually an opportunity to get a um, virtual visitor package. And, of course, you're always welcome to call or email, tell us exactly what you're looking for, and we can help a visitor customize their, their visit to Camino. Great. Very helpful. So talk to me literally about the lay of the land, the geography. Help us understand where Camino Island is and, and what the would-be Camino Islands are and, you know, kind of the geography of the whole place. Sure. So Camino is about an hour north of Seattle and a little bit um, an hour and a half south of Vancouver. So that gives you a little bit of perspective as to where we are. The Whidbey Camino Islands is an interesting demographic. We can actually see Whidbey Islands from Camino, and it's probably an o- only a 20-minute quick little boat ride, but there is no ferry between Camino and Whidbey Islands, so you have to drive, and it's about an hour and a half drive. So the reason that Whidbey Camino Island tourism is together is because we are one county. It's just the people who drew the county lines weren't really paying attention to the the demographics there in terms of how long it takes to get from one place to another. So if people were flying or Uh driving, what airport would they fly into? And if they're driving, how do they literally get to the island? Payne Field is a new airport that is in Everett, um, a really small airport, but is the closest one to Camino. SeaTac, which is in Seattle, is obviously another great choice. So it's um, the drive to Camino is pretty much straight up I-5 for an hour from, from Seattle, and then you get off on the Stanwood-Washington exit. So you drive through Stanwood in order to get to Camino. And is it a bridge that goes over? or? Yep, it is a bridge. So there are no ferries that come to Camino, but there is a bridge. So it's one of the only drive-on islands that we have here in the Puget Sound, which makes it great for visitors to come up. 
as I've said, I, I really don't know anything about Camino Islands. So can you tell me a little bit about, you know, the history and you know, what, what does it look like there <laughs> until we can go? Well, it's beautiful in lots of different ways. The island's about 16 miles long and has 52 miles of shoreline. Wow. So there's tons of beaches. Um, we have two state parks. We have multiple county parks that are there and lots of opportunities to get outside and do any kind of recreation activities that you want. Um, historically, Camino was known for logging because the trees that are on Camino are huge, tall, straight Douglas firs that were perfect for um, masts on ships. And so there was an enormous shipyard and sawmill on Atsalati Bay, which is part of Camino Island. And the island was used for logging, and those masts were shipped all over the world at one point. And so is it, are there just tons of trees then, and beautiful flowers? And- there are tons of trees, lots of old-growth forest, again, lots of shoreline. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, a lot of rocky beaches, but there are a handful uh, of um, sandy beaches as well. There's pretty much everything that you would want. If you want to go hiking in an old-growth forest, you can do that. If you want to walk on miles of shoreline on a beach, you can do that. We have um, lots of wildlife lots of bald eagles, seals. The whales have been very active around here this summer. Um, The gray whales actually come into the Puget Sound and they feed on ghost shrimp, which are a delicacy for the gray whales. And so you can actually walk the beaches and see where the grays have come in and actually spun around to feed on the ghost shrimp at one point. It's really cool. What's the weather like and the climate? Well, it's the Pacific Northwest, so um, we do get a lot of rain, but we are in what's known as the rain shadow, so we don't get as much rain as Seattle or any of the areas um, south, so it'll be downpouring there, and we can have sunny skies, so that is a benefit to being here. Um, It's really lush, obviously, the green lush landscape because of all of the rain but typically our summers are dry and beautiful the past couple of days it's been you know in the high 70s 80s and sunny so given that is there an you know a high season or low season for you um the summer months are definitely our um, higher months in terms of seeing people come to visit pretty much from i would say may through september is when we see a lot of people come and visit. We have a lot of residents that are snowbirds, so they'll come here and stay here in the summer, and then they might go to Arizona in the winter. But we do have off-season events that are pretty special. Um, There's a snow goose festival that happens in February because this is one of the areas where snow geese migrate. So a lot of birders come out to see those. We have an event called the Great Northwest Glass Quest in February, um, which is a treasure hunt, (laughs) looking for these beautiful glass balls that are um, designed by local glass artists. So we do purposely have events during the off-season to bring people to Camino to enjoy, whether it's the nature or whether it's our artist community. We have traffic coming during that time as well. So as an insider... Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, if you and I were friends and I said, well, I want to come visit you, what's a great time to come? Besides summer, is there another time of year that you personally think is just really wonderful there? 
and not paying attention to the weather. <laughs> if you don't care that it's rainy. Yeah. Um, I would say February. I think those two events are really big deal and are really unique to this area. And what's interesting is it gets both of those events, the Snow Goose Festival and the Great North- Northwest Glass Quest, get people outside, even if it's drizzly rainy. And our parks are still beautiful, even if the weather isn't perfect. And February just seems like a, you know, you've passed the holidays, you're looking for something to do. It's a great time to explore and do something different. That sounds cool. So how long have you lived there? I've lived here for seven years. I actually moved from the East Coast. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a big change. It it was a big change. And in fact, um, my husband was transferred and we could have lived anywhere between Seattle and Vancouver. So we flew out here and started in Seattle and we just kept going a little bit further north. And we drove over the bridge to Camino Island. And I had that moment of just, this is where we need to be. It was such a magical experience driving over the bridge onto Camino and and every time, every time I drive over the bridge is just calming and magic for me to live in this beautiful place. Tell me more. That intrigues me. So, like, if you're coming <laughs> over the bridge, like, get, paint a picture for me. What what would I see that affects you so much? So, first of all, I should clarify, it is not a, like, high elevation bridge. So, some people actually drive over the bridge and don't realize that they've driven over the bridge. <laughs> um, but it, you drive over the bridge and you're driving over the slough um, of the Stiligwamish River. So there's, you know, marshland, depending on the tide. And then there's the views of the, of the mountains. And if the sun is in the right spot or the sunset or sunrise, it's, it looks like a painting driving over. And then when you drive on, there's a lot of farmland. So it just feels rural. And then you come to this part of, on the island that locals call Terry's Corner. Um, You will not find a sign that says Terry's Corner anywhere, but everybody gives directions based on Terry's Corner. And there's a coffee roaster building. There's a bunch of restaurants. It's pretty much our town center, if you will. And so it's just a really quaint community with just beautiful landscape. And um, it's a small community. So people really look out for each other and take care of each other. So you'll walk into the grocery store and you might see five people that you know, Hmm. which is just really fun. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a two-part question. What to you is an ideal amount of time for somebody to come? Like, is it the perfect four-day weekend place, or would you really rather spend a week or more? And then part two, give me some ideas of what, what one could do in that span of time. I think it depends on what you're looking for. Um, You could definitely do a four-day weekend and stay busy. One of the beauties of Camino, our our tagline for the chamber is the easy island because we feel like it's easy for you to come out here and relax if that's what you want to do, but it's also easy for you to stay busy and explore the outdoors if that's what you want to do as well. Um, So I I would say you can tailor it to whatever you're looking for. Four days would be fine, but if you really want to check out and have a vacation, I would suggest a week in order to just kind of get down into the island lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Could could one almost do a themed trip there, like a you know more of an artist's angle or more of a nature angle? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a huge artist community here on Camino. 
And um, so there are art tours that you can do. There are art festivals. A lot of the artists open up their um, galleries for you to come in and see their art and purchase their art. There's opportunities to get outside. Um, we have a zip lining. There's axe throwing. Um, there's, you know, kayak rentals, paddleboard rentals, crabbing, um, miles and miles of hiking available. Or you can just, you know, rent a house and sit on the beach if that's what you want to do as well. Yeah. I, I want to ask you more to talk a little bit more about the artist community because that always, to me, whenever I hear somebody say that their destination has a big artist community, which not every destination does, it always turns out that there are some very specific reasons why, you know, what drew people from all over to uh -huh. go create art there. So in the case of Camino Islands, from what you've heard over time, why, you know, why, why there, why is that so appealing to artists? I believe historically there was actually an artist commune started on the south end of Camino. Um, I would have to look up the details about that, but that's where it, it is a, um, a deep history of artists coming to Camino. I think it, it is probably because you really can retreat into your own space and, and creativity. And so once, you know, that commune was started and that group of artists was started and then it just kept bringing more and more people and the artist community is incredibly tight and they work well together and communicate with each other often. Um, there's a big Camino Island art tour that typically happens um, in May, but um, it brings people from all over the place. And I believe there are over 50 different art galleries and studios that open up during that art tour. That's a lot. I know in, in Santa Fe, they've talked about the light, you know, that the, there was something about the light. Uh, is there anything like that there that some of the artists have have talked about? I think it's the um, the landscape mm -hmm. is just um, inspiring to people and all of the different flowers and vegetation and eagles and um, ocean. I mean, there's just so much to inspire people. There's a, in Stanwood, which is the town, when you drive over the bridge, you're going into Stanwood. Um, the Pilchuck Glass School is in Stanwood and that was founded by Dale Chihuly. Mm -hmm. And so that is another piece that's a connection to the art community in this area. Mm, cool. So going back to, to because uh, you and I, this is the first time we're talking, <laughs> so we don't really <laughs> yeah. know each other. But, um, you know, say I was coming there for, you know, several days, a week, whatever, Um Tell me what, what are some of the things that you would say, oh, you have got to go to blah, blah, blah. There are quite a few. Um, your, it depends on what you're tell, looking for. Tell me your but favorites, your personal my favorites. My favorites. Yeah. Okay. So um, there is a new park called Barnum Point um, that just opened up in the last two years. And it's my all favorite, my favorite park on the island right now because you really can walk through old growth forest you actually walk through an old holly tree farm at one point mm -hmm. there's a little pond and then you it opens up to this just vista where you can look out over the water and then you can actually hike down to the beach as well mm -hmm. so that's one of my 
favorite places. If I really want to treat myself um, before or after that hike, I we have a um, Camino Island Coffee Roasters has locally roasted coffee, and um, so I would get a coffee from there, and I would. Um, you know, choose one of the local restaurants to have lunch. Um, there's a place called Kama Beach Cafe, which is located within the Kama Beach State Park, and they have scones that are to die for. <laughs> um, and they actually sell their scones frozen so that you can cook them at home if you want to. Oh, nice. So on occasion, I have bought said scones when we have <laughs> guests coming and pretended like I made them myself. <laughs> <laughs> Throw out the wrapping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're but, an amazing baker. <laughs> I'm an amazing baker. I, did, and I don't want to know how much butter is in those scones, but no. they are delicious. No, ne- never <laughs> ask about the butter. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, wow, that sounds, that all sounds wonderful. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned scones because that leads me perfectly into my next uh, question. You know, Real Food Traveler is all about encouraging people to experience the authentic cuisine of destinations and, and the people behind them and festivals, you know, surrounding them and things like that. So, um, tell me a little bit more about the food scene there, including, I, I, I'm always curious to know if a destination has a certain iconic food, like a certain cocktail or a certain sandwich or, or whatever. So tell us about Kamena Island's food scene. <laughs> the food scene. Um, well, we have a local farmer's market that starts, that runs June through September on Tuesdays. Um, and we do have a vibrant farming community. So... You can get anything from berries to fresh produce um, at the farmer's market. So that's one of the things that I would suggest if someone's here during the summer is, and you want to be cooking at home is to check out the farmer's market. The other, we have lots of restaurants. Um, one of my favorite things to do is to get, you know, a takeout pizza from one of the local restaurants and then go and sit and eat it on the beach. feels like a treat and a fun thing to do. Um, there's a new restaurant called Tapped Camino, which is inside Terry's Corner that I was talking about earlier, and they offer um, scratch-made food that they source locally, and they have an outdoor patio, so you can sit outside if the weather's nice. Um, so that's a good option. One of the most popular things that people ask when they come to Camino is where can they get Dungeness crab, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is a delicacy here. And so there are some restaurants that will have that on the menu. But one thing that I think is unique and fun to do is that the Center for Wooden Boats, which is inside um, the state park, you can actually rent a boat and a, and a crab pot and go out and catch your own um, Dungeness crab during the season. So that's just something that's unique and fun is to be able to actually go out and catch your own food. Um, it's just really special. How long do you have to sit out there and like how long from the time you <laughs> drop it? How long might it be? Befriend the locals who know who, if they're nice, they will tell you some of their favorite spots. Oh. Um, it really depends on the season, and people have their special spots that they like to go. Um, so what a lot of people who are, are renting a boat will do is they'll rent the boat, they'll go out and drop the crab pot, and you know, go tool around and have fun on the boat for half an hour and pull up the pot, and if you're lucky, 
if you put good bait in there, mm-hmm. you will have crab. <laughs> what What's typical good bait? Um, well, my husband's trick, which is disgusting to me, <laughs> but it seems to work, is to buy, um, like, chicken legs or, you know, any kind of frozen chicken um, with a bone and put it in a bucket and cover it and sit it in the sun until it becomes rancid. Oh, Lord. And that's what, yeah, it's really kind of gross, but it seems to attract the crab. Huh. Wow. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> yes. I don't deal with that side of it. I just deal with the crab already cooked yeah. side. So how? what is typical for how to cook it then? Pretty much steaming the crab is what most people do. Okay. I mean, some people will make crab cakes, and but pretty much just, you know, steaming the crab and eating it as is with some good seasoning and butter. Yum. Are there a certain people on the island who are sort of the go-to culinary people in terms of how to cook it or how to how to just in general just in general like are there you know somebody is coming there and really wants to talk to some people who are key behind the food scene there you know not just Mm -hmm. but anything like are are there some go-to people that or stores or particular restaurants that people should seek out um, I would say the Cama Beach Cafe, Donna King, who is the one that owns that, um, that has the wonderful scones. Um, she would have some great ideas. I think that if anyone, um, you know, enjoys some food that they're eating, the chefs and cooks behind the scenes are always open to talking to people. Again, it's a really friendly community. Um, the farmer's market would also be another venue. Um, one of the farmers that comes, Island Harvest Farm, she has a little farm stand that's open during the season. Um, so she, she gives out recipes a lot of the time for some of the produce that she sells. Mm-hmm. I think I, I love the idea of going to the farmer's market because, you know, if you rented a house there or something, you could gather everything you wanted to cook. But even if you were staying in a hotel, I would think just for... You know, packing a picnic or snacks, it would still be a great way to get to know some of the people in the food scene and the local food and have a reasonably priced meal, too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And most people who come here are either um, camping. The state parks have tons of campsites, but they also have cabins that you can rent. Um or they are renting a house because there are no hotels on Camino. Oh, okay. um, so there's a couple bed and breakfasts, but those are typically people who are just coming for, you know, a few days. So most of the people coming will be cooking at some point on their own. Okay, so farmer's market is key. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we have a great grocery store on the island okay. as well, so it's not like that's the only option. And I know you mentioned it before, but how late in the season does the farmer's market go? Through September. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, in the off season, what would you suggest people do to be able to you know, partake of ingredient, local ingredients? Island Harvest Farm, that farm stand, um, she operates as long as she can throughout the season. Um, the IGA Grocery, which is the local grocery store, sources as much as they can locally as well. So you can pretty much find any, anything that you're looking for, you can find on the island. Okay. So you, you mentioned that you can drive over, um, no need for a ferry. And then once you're there, is Camino Island, you know, the typical things you'd want to do, are they all 
walking distance or do you need to be driving around quite a bit? You pretty much need a car. Um, There is a bus system that can take people from one place to another, but because the island is almost 16 miles long, um, having a car with you is going to make your trip much easier. Okay. You you mentioned camping. Are there any things that people are saying that this is going to be the summer of the road trip, you know, the right. American road trip, and it sounds like Camino Island is perfectly conducive to that. Are there any things our listeners and readers need to know before heading out, like in terms of, of reserving campsites or any permitting or anything like that? So the campsites at the state parks, they can reserve online. Um, through the Washington State Park System, as well as the cabins. The cabins are very popular, um, so they open those up for reservations really early. Um, but I would plan ahead in terms of a campsite. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much it. I would just, you know, there's a lot of um, VRBOs, houses to rent, if it's a larger group that doesn't feel like camping. Um, there's also the Camino Island Inn, which is a beautiful bed and breakfast that sits on the water. So that's an option as well. Okay. So while, while I hope people will listen to this podcast, you know, far into the future, um, I also want to acknowledge that we are, right when we're recording this right now, it's early May, um, so we're still well into all the ramifications of um, COVID-19. So although I know this may change by the time people listen to this, um, you know, six months from now, which I hope they are, before people just head out there tomorrow, (laughs) um, what is the scene there now and kind of what is your tentative plan? Although I know, you know, we're we're at the mercy of higher ups and it's not just our decisions, but kind of what's the scene right now? Well, it's interesting. Um, Obviously, we're following the governor's order um, here in Washington. There's a phased approach to reopening. Um, So our stay-at-home order is through the end of May at the moment. Um, So things are starting to open, albeit slowly. And um, we're just trying to, you know, do the best we can. Because we have so much open space on Camino, and so many, so many beaches, and the weather this weekend was just absolutely beautiful. Um, the state parks were really busy last weekend um, because people want to be able, you know, the outdoor recreation is now allowed um, with social distancing. So people are coming here to get outside and enjoy the outdoors because they think they're feeling a little stir crazy. Um, so, I mean, we welcome them as long as they're following the guidelines and hopefully more things will start to open up soon i think june 1st is the tentative date for some restaurants to start opening at 50 percent capacity so what's the best place for people to go online to to kind of find out what the current scene is on the CaminoIsland.org website so that people can check they can always call um, our visitor center which we're working remotely from in order to check in. So I would say that would probably be the best is to call and we can talk to you about what you're looking to do because, you know, there's so many variations of what's happening. So I would suggest calling our visitor center and asking to make sure that what's open. Okay. 
Great. Well, Jessica, thank you so much. I feel, I know for myself, I feel like I have a much better idea of what awaits me at Camino Island, and I hope our listeners and readers do too. It sounds wonderful. Sounds like a perfect place to social distance and still, you know, get out of our immediate surroundings that we've all been <laughs> stuck in for right. for months now. Um, and certainly once this is hopefully all over, a, a wonderful destination for us all to go explore. So thank you very much for your time and for being part of our podcast today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.